like you were like, like when I first met you at the... Um, Everyone has a unique gift, and Mike, the creator of the One Life Podcast, believes most people don't know how to use their gifts or what they are. Mike wants you to see things from a different perspective and be true to yourself. The One Life Podcast unites the world through art, fashion, music, and film. It inspires, motivates, and creates positive energy, love, and compassion to all communities and creates an equal playing field for all. On the One Life Podcast, they cover topics like building relationships, overcoming adversity, habits of healthy people, and much, much more. We only have one life to live. Be yourself and live your truth. Add the One Life Podcast to your playlist. That's the number one in e-life. Available on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcast, and your favorite podcast platform. Hi, right, y'all. Welcome to the One Life Podcast. I am Mike M.I.C. Reed, and I have with me today Michelle Lee from the city of Palmdale Parks and Rec and Miss Nardi Lopez from Palmdale. She is a deputy city manager. How are you ladies today? Doing great. Fabulous. Doing great. Amazing. Blessed. Refreshed. Yes. Yes. Great. Any, any exciting things over the weekend? The AV Fair started, and so yes. we are there with the booth for the city. Yes, the AV Fair did start. Did you go? I didn't go yet. The Palmdale Playhouse had a performance yesterday with okay. uh, Seniors Got Talent. So we had a lot of senior citizens on the stage performing last night. It was nice. really sweet. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, I, I was supposed <laughs> to go um, Friday night to see Cool in the Gang. I had four tickets that somebody just gave me. And then a friend of mine couldn't make it, and I decided not to go. But then, like, around 10 o'clock at night, I was like, I should have just went myself. Yes. Like, by myself. <laughs> I'm sure there have been a lot of other people there to join no, I, I know. Not, I probably knew a lot of people there, uh, but I kicked myself for that because um, then I was at home doing nothing. I typically don't like going places by myself. That's why. But then later on, I thought about it. I was like, dang, I really should have just went by myself. Because that was cool in the gang. Like, I'm pretty sure it was a great concert. Should have done celebration. Yeah. <laughs> was, was that but, Friday or Saturday? That was on cool Friday night. That was on oh. Friday. Yeah. Friday. So, it is what it is. It's okay. Um, anyways, time. let's talk about um, City of Palmdale and what you have going on at the Playhouse and the Amphitheater. And because um, I know this this summer, I know the summer summer's over with now, right? We're in fall now. We are in fall. We are in fall. We had a you had a great um, sh- uh, lineup for the Amphitheater. Yep. And I was a part of the first two shows, which I want to thank you for that. Um, I had an amazing time hosting the fireworks show and the Brian McKnight show. Well, thank you so much for being there. Uh, It was great to have you there. And we had a great, successful summer with the concerts and movie nights. Uh, We have a lot of exciting stuff also coming up for October at the Palmdale Amphitheater. We have the Kaleidoscope um, Arts and Music Festival. This is the eighth year. Um, But new this year, we've added Kaleidoscope After Dark. It's very exciting. If you're familiar with the... um, dancers called I Illuminate. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually were on America's Got Talent. They currently have a residency in Las Vegas, and they will be performing that night, as well as the Antelope Valley's first drone show. Um, so very excited about that. That's, what's, what's a drone show? So drone show, um, they use a bunch of what I would call like pucks, but they're not, um, but LED lights. Okay. So rather than a fireworks show, if you check out like um sky elements drone show that is who is going to be putting together a special drone show for the palmdale amphitheater specific for kaleidoscope arts and music festival so they customized it 
We also have over 65 vendors that are going to be there that are local artists, um, fresh-made marketplace, and new this year, we've mm-hmm. added junior makers. So Fabian, Fabian Hustles will be there. Uh, he also came to an event that was at the Playhouse recently with his yes. coloring wall. So he customizes them. Very excited about that. And then <clears throat> the tickets are only $5. Um, children 12 and under are free for a kaleidoscope after dark. And then the following day, um, it's completely free, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And we have a lot of entertainment. The Music Center of Los Angeles for our mosaic stage has provided five groups. Um, so very excited about that partnership that's new this year. And if people want to find out information about that, they can go to kaleidoscopeartsandmusicfestival.com. For the Palmdale Playhouse, um, this upcoming Friday, we are celebrating National Silent Film Day, and we have a special um, screening of The Passion of Joan of Arc, and there's going to be live musicians playing from West Coast Classical and Sunday Night Singer, so it's a unique event the composer George Sarah brought this to the Antelope Valley so we're excited about that and if people want to check out all of the upcoming events at the Palmdale Playhouse they can go to palmdaleplayhouse.com but we don't have a down season there's always something going on to keep no and it's great that um, you guys are partner with the um, music people music uh, what is it music music center of Los Angeles and they have this really great program Um, it's called arts grown Mm -hmm. LA Um, it's part of their TMC educational program which started in the schools and has been in the schools for over 60 years where they with the rich arts and cultures that are exist within LA County they have these uh, groups go to the schools they expanded it to the community because of an anonymous donor. Right. So as long as the event is free to the public, the city of Palmdale has been able to benefit from increasing and enhancing the programming that we're offering. No, that's what I meant. Like, cause yeah, I, I've noticed crazy. like the attendance was really great because of that. Cause they made it really affordable for every for right. the community to come out. Like, honestly, I've been here for like five years and this summer was my first time ever at the playhouse or to even the amphitheater. So I didn't even know, even when I went to the playhouse the first time, it was like such an amazing event and venue. Like, I didn't even know it was there. It is a very nice venue, very nice venue for those that have not yet, right, had the experience to go. And there's so many, um, you know, so much programming that goes Mm -hmm. on there. They have a youth programming as well that during the summer they do plays, right, for the youth. And there's there's a lot for all ages. Mm -hmm. And, yes, I've heard that before, Mike, that there's other um, residents, community members that will say the Palmdale Playhouse, where is that? Right. And so, yes, promoting it is important mm-hmm. and also visiting, right, to to enjoy. It's, right. it's, it's a nice um, place to watch plays and other entertainment mm-hmm. up close. You know, it doesn't matter the seat that you are in. Right. You will have. Yeah, it's, and it's very, it's like you <laughs> feel like you're part of it. It's very intimate. It is. It's it really is nice. very intimate. But it holds what three fifty? Three hundred and twenty-seven. Um, it holds. Yeah. That's so. a that's a big big audience. Yes. It's a nice space. Yeah. Very nice space. And I forgot to add for the Palmdale Amphitheater, we also have um, new this year. We added fall movie nights, mm-hmm. so we're going to um, Friday, October thirteenth. We're showing Hocus Pocus, and on 
Friday, October 20th, we're showing The Nightmare Before Christmas. It'll be a lot of fun for families, and there'll be a costume contest and just really great things for people with families or people of all ages, like Nardi said, um, to come out and experience, you know, enjoying things in person again. All right. And and the amphitheater as well. I mean, Mary Kerr Park, right, um, serves for many things. Right. Um not just city-hosted events, but we also have an upcoming um, Breast Cancer Making Strides Walk that's going to take place um, in partnership with another local organization. There's going to be the Stroke Walk as well in October. There's a lot of events, if, um, you know, accessing them on our city website, mm-hmm. and the community can, you know, there's something for every weekend. Right now, and I love the amphitheater. Uh, that was my, like I said, that was my first time there uh, doing a fireworks show, and it was, it was pretty amazing being on that stage and just the crowd. I think we was like six thousand people that attended. It was pretty amazing. I was yeah. excited. We were sold out for that one. Yeah, it was, it was really great. Um, the the sound system there was great. The atmosphere, even the, just the setup, like I really liked it because you have the yeah. seating, or you could be like on lawn chairs on the grass. It was just like it was nice. It's beautiful. The weather was nice this summer. Wasn't too hot. No, it was, it was beautiful. Great. Yeah, so I, I enjoyed it. So thank you again for that. I'm so glad you enjoyed it, and it's so great to hear that because there are special venues mm-hmm. and um, being outdoor in the summer right. underneath the sky at an amphitheater. It's really special that the city of Palmdale has these two venues. Right. Not all cities have that. So yes. no, even like getting in and out of the venue, um, I found very easy. So big ups to the Palmdale traffic controllers out there, like the way they had the traffic flowing. It wasn't like L.A. where it's just like too crazy. Our staff nice. is, is, is great. Oh, yeah, staff it. is amazing. And the parking was free, too. <laughs> so that is free. great, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a good thing. Whenever it's free, it's always yeah. a good thing. And it's also in, a, in, in an area where, you know, there's neighborhoods close by that mm. people walk. Yeah. You know, they just walk over with their chair and enjoy the night. And that is true. That's walk. the one great thing about it being right in a, in a community yes. neighborhood is where you can walk. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I love that part. Yes. I, I, I'm off 30th um, as well, but I'm more by L, so I couldn't walk. And, and, <laughs> and for events where we anticipate a lot of um, traffic, we have also a range or we do a range for shuttles. Yeah. Um, we do a range for parking in other areas and shuttle people in, so... We do try to accommodate so the public can enjoy the mm. entire experience, you know, from yeah. arriving to. Right. Even the shuttle wasn't that bad because I know I had friends that kind came to the fireworks show and um, they had to meet me afterwards, but they had to get on the shuttle to get to their car. And it was fairly quick. Yes. It wasn't bad at all. It was re- 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 well organized. I love that. So what else? Um, how, do, how do you feel about like from this summer to last summer uh, as far as your events? Um, but did, you, did you see the difference in? I think what's just been so like heartwarming for me to see um, at the events is there was like within the past three years, there was definitely a time where we couldn't gather together like safely mm-hmm. um, without social distancing. Mm-hmm. And so just to see people come together in the community, people of all ages having a really good time, mm-hmm. enjoying things, usually like especially if they make new friends while they're there or just enjoy themselves and leave feeling proud mm-hmm. that they are a part of Palmdale. And it really increases like the quality of life piece, I think, right. for Palmdale that people have the opportunity to do this. So I just loved being able to see people come together for the camps, for the theater camps, 
like the new friends that people make and many of these friendships last a lifetime like we have people who tell us that they're still so close to people that they've met from theater camp Mm -hmm. so seeing people come together and gather is always the part that makes my soul smile (laughs) (laughs) well you're doing an amazing job over there Thank you for what you do. Oh, it's all of the staff. It takes a village. It's an incredible team um, from the leadership team down to everybody that's working there. They all work so hard, and it would not be possible with all of the dedicated team that's there for sure. Well, I've said this a few times on the show, and I'm going to say it again. And I know probably the city of Lancaster don't like me saying this, but I love Palmdale. And, and what I love about Palmdale is the people, especially like the city people like, like you ladies. And um, Andrea Alacron, she's a good friend of mine. Like every time I meet like one of the council members, I always see them at an event. And they're always so welcoming. They're always willing to have a conversation with you. And no matter what your views are, they're willing to like talk to you. Yes, yes. And I, I love the fact that city of Palmdale is all, city of Palmdale officials are always at events. So they're, they're in the streets, they're in the community, and I feel like they're, they're really making a difference. You know, yes, we, we have an active council. They, um, they do enjoy being at the events. It's important, right, to be out in the community as well as our staff. Um, you know, these events that take place in the summer, you know, we are, staff is working on them year-long mm-hmm. to ensure, right, that they are um, the best of the best for the community, we always um, seek input to always continue to improve and bring different things. Um, but our council does enjoy being out with the community, and, and they like to participate in, in the events that we are right. hosting. And, other, um, and it's not only the city events. They also um, engage a lot as well with the community-organized events. And, and you're a big part of um, a lot of these things that goes on in the city, uh, especially with the CAP program. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But something that's also big on, on your books is the fentanyl problem that we're having. Yes. yes. So I, I know, you know, we're about to go into having a great conversation about the, uh, the events and all that. But we, we need to address this because we need to have these conversations. You know, what? yes, it is very important. Yeah. I think um, there are some, you know, things that. We may say, okay, it's it's something people don't like to talk a lot about, but they are very important to discuss. Um, education is so important to prevent, right? Um, recently in New York, right, mm-hmm. um, there was an incident, unfortunately, at a daycare where, you know, children's lives were lost because I heard of about that. Yes. Um, fentanyl. Um, and so educating the community um, is important so that we are aware. Mm-hmm. We are aware to what to look out for. Um, I think, you know, education is a huge part of prevention. And here in the Antelope Valley, we are not, you know, it, it, we're not um, saved from it, mm-hmm. right? We are experiencing fentanyl deaths in our community. And it is very important to get the word out. And so, the city, you know, we're not experts, right, in right. in opioid um, prevention or anything like that. However, we serve as a nucleus in our community. And as a nucleus, we can bring people together. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of service providers in the community of the Antelope Valley. 
that are working on these initiatives. And so the city took the initiative of, you know, bringing those, bridging, being a bridge to those service providers. And um, we have created together the At Fight Fentanyl AV campaign. We've been working on this now, I think it's close to a year now. Mm -hmm. And so we are, you know, continuing to create um, awareness by having events, by being present at many events that are already taking place. Um, we have service providers such as the Tarsana Treatment Center, DEA, um, the city of Lancaster as well mm -hmm. has joined um, the efforts, um, the Department of Public Health, a lot of agencies that are out there already doing the work, and so they are at events providing Narcan training. Um, they're giving CPR training. They are providing a lot of material information and hands-on activities, right, mm -hmm. to demonstrate um, the dangers of fentanyl. Fentanyl is something that you cannot smell. It's odorless. Right. Um, it a very, very um, small yeah, you can't even see Those, it, really. No, you can't. can't see it, yeah. And it could be anywhere. You can also inhale it. You, it, it in all, there's different ways, right, of right. coming in contact with it. So it's bringing awareness and letting and you know, and parents, letting parents know that a lot of the interaction of their children buying things online right. can include that, can include buying things that um, contain fentanyl, um, a pill. They look candy. They look yeah. so identical um, one of the things is Adderall, right? There's a lot of students that take Adderall, right, because of ADD or anything like that. If they run out, they can take it from a friend. They can buy it online at times, not knowing that it can contain fentanyl. So right. bringing that awareness. Right, and, and it's, it comes in liquid form as well. It does it. It's yes, not it does. just powder form to where you think you can see a little powder, but it comes in liquid form to where, like you said, it has no odor. You can't taste it. Um, and there was another um, symptom. Of and also, like on it, it's been known to be on 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 money, on paper. Yeah. You know, you can. It can be, um, you know, just opening up, you know, a bag or anything that mm -hmm. contains it. You can inhale it right. and not know that that's what it is. And um, it's bringing awareness. And then also, the Narcan training is so important, right? Mm -hmm. In in the city, we have. Um, conducted Narcan training. We've had the public health department come train our staff because we do have a lot of staff, right? Like um, Michelle is here. They engage a lot with the community and these community events. So it's knowing, right, the signs. And if they have Narcan, they can save a life. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's bringing that awareness to all of our surroundings in the Antelope Valley. And so it's very important. So, and, and, and I know, like, because I, so I grew up in a, in a, in, a, in South Central LA in the neighborhoods, right? Mm -hmm. And I know, I know a lot of people that they just started off with weed smoking, and then they bump up to maybe heroin or cocaine, and they get used to it. So they're always looking for that next stronger thing, and I think that's why fentanyl now has become one of the worst drugs out there for our youth, because they're looking to get that extra high, because yes. they're so used to. Just the regular stuff now, right? You know, th yes, that is correct. Um, but it also brings a factor that I've heard stories. I've had mothers. Mm -hmm. You know, when we've had these events, it usually brings out people that have experienced a loss, you right. know, due to fentanyl, and they share their stories. 
And many have said, you know, my my child wasn't a, a, a person that went out to party or went out a lot. Mm-hmm. They were with a friend and they were having a headache or et cetera. They were offered, um, you know, a pill. An aspirin or something, right? And it had fentanyl in it. So it's not only about addiction. Mm-hmm. It's bringing awareness of that it can be in anything, right? Right, in any type of pill that you take. It's about making sure that if you're going to take a, a pill, that should be a prescribed pill by a doctor. That it is one that is prescribed to you. You're not taking someone else's, or because you don't know if they've bought it right. off the market. And so it's being aware, mm-hmm. right? I have. You know, since this campaign started, I didn't. I was not as knowledgeable in in so many things about opioid use. Mm. It's so um, eye opening. It's frightening. I have to say, um, I have a nine year old granddaughter, and I sometimes, you know, share certain things with her just to make her aware, because you know it, the candies that I've seen. They are just so identical to a bag of candy that she could take right. a candy from a friend, and you don't, you just don't know. Yeah. And so it's it's learning and knowing, so you can talk. I mean, I've heard of things of backpacks, backpacks that kids are buying, and the way that they are, um, they may look like they're sipping, you know, have a uh, something for water, like. Right. A, but it's actually a straw where they can be sipping other things. I mean, it's just, it's just so much out there that I wouldn't think of right. as a parent, right? And you see your children ordering things online. You think it's a video game. You think it's, you know, but it's looking at the items they're buying, right? Because you don't know what they're actually purchasing. And um, fentanyl is sold a lot online. There's emojis. The DEA has a list of emojis and codes of what is, you know, the emojis stand for because that's a purchase. Right. And so sometimes as parents you think, oh, those are games, those are things you're looking at, but it's actually your children are talking to someone about purchasing drugs or, mm-hmm. you know, so it's it's the awareness. I did not realize how important it was, but now that doing the work and with the service providers as well, that truly it's the key. It's the key to letting parents know, look, right? My mom used to, when I was younger, she used to go through our backpacks. I mean, you know, she just did. um, And make sure that, you know, things, and I used to think, okay, but now I realize, yeah, you you really need to be on top of things to, you know, prevent. We had a mother that came to speak at one of our events, and she lost her child locally here, 17 years old. Um, she said that he didn't really go out much. That day he did go out, but he did not come home. And so, you know, when you're listening to these stories, you realize, like, that could be me. Mm-hmm. That could be in my house. That could be someone I know. Um, and so it's very, very eye-opening and frightening to see what is going on in our community. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why we've joined efforts with so many service providers, the schools, um, the, the school districts and everything to kind of find a way, right, to get the word out. And this is a subject that 
it's not really one that you could say, oh, like the kaleidoscope event, right? We're having this event and you'll see how people come. A fentanyl event, it's not something I think that people will be like, okay, we're going to be there, right? right? So we find innovative ways. We're doing a youth challenge right now mm -hmm. where the youth um, are going to receive scholarships. Um, they can enter to do a PSA, video announcement, um, poetry, art, or a song. And so right now that is um, available. The information is available on the city's website, cityofpalmdale.org. Um, all of the service providers are also sharing it. Um, they have through the month of October to enter their entries. And there's different levels of scholarships. It's open to middle schools and high schools. And, and so the video, poem, or art, whatever it is, has to be a PSA about fentanyl awareness? Yes, there are certain guidelines. So bring awareness about fent um, fentanyl awareness. Um, and, and I believe share the hashtag as well. Mm -hmm. We had one in April, mm -hmm. um, a past youth challenge. And so we did have a few winners. And there was one that did a video and, and, and one that did a poem. And we announced the winners at an event at, that we held at Palmdale Learning Plaza. That was the first one. This is our, our second run at it. And we will continue because um, this is an ongoing, right? right? This is, there's, um, unfortunately, this is not something that is can't decreasing, be one, it's increasing. Yeah, it can't be a one and done. It has no. to be ongoing. Like, yes. Because I was looking at the stats this morning, um, and they're just growing, and they've been growing since 2016, yes. and like at a high, rapid high rate. rate. Like, there's no age, right? Yeah, there's no. Age. I know. I was looking at the age too, and it was like there I think the not. highest, like I would like 50 year olds, 60 year olds, yeah. like everybody. So it's it's yes. targeting everybody. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. We we had an event um, at Dominic Masadi Park in April, and. I, it was our first event, and I was amazed mm -hmm. to see numerous people that attended the event that came and shared. You know, I lost my, my son. Um, actually, a gentleman came up and said, can I say a few words? I know you guys are not having any speaking time, but I would like at least a few minutes, you know, a minute or two to be able to share my story. He goes, because I'm a survivor. He right. goes, and I, I want to I wanna share what I lived and, and how I got there to bring awareness, right, that it is real. Um, it was amazing to see the um, the stories and how touched people were, and several of them said that they felt safe and that mm -hmm. there was a place for them to be able to, to grieve and um, that there was awareness being... Um, being brought to the community because it was real. Right. And, and you know, and that's great. Uh, I love that part because I think we need to uh, tell more of those stories or, yes. or actually not. Uh, let me rephrase that. We don't need to tell the stories. We need to have survivors out there telling tell their the stories story. because when it comes from them, you really feel it. Yes. Right. And that's part of why, like I do my show here because I, that's why I do one like podcast is you know, hat, not hashtag, but tagline is called it's your story. People come in here and they tell their stories and people, they can connect with that. Like, if I just told your story, they can't connect with me. But if you told it, they can really feel it. And I've, I've had several people, you know, um, comment on certain stories and were like, wow, I needed to hear that today. So more people need to come out with survivors and tell their stories so people can, like, really feel it and connect with it so they know, opposed to just hearing it, like, they can feel it. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's true. It's, it's a game changer when they, when they hear it from that person. Yes, it is. And um, at one of our events, we actually joined with another agency 
um, a nonprofit, they have A-frames and they have A-frames of photos mm-hmm. of, you know, people that have been lost to fentanyl. And we borrowed them and we put them out at the event. And um, many said it was very touching yeah. because they're able to see that. And we're seeking to create the same here. Um, recently in one of our Palmdale Magazine's editions, we had asked the community and, and, and through um, some of our events if they are willing, right, if they are willing to share a photograph with us because we are seeking to create that here locally in the Antelope Valley um, for use at our events. And um, if anybody is willing, right, to share their story, um, to please reach out to us so that we can incorporate them into the events that we're holding um and and share the information we're having prevention week the service providers are now having prevention week coming up in um actually this week and so they're out at the schools the service providers are out at the schools um there's a lot of work being done it is not the city it is really the service providers that are out there like i said we are a nucleus a bridge um, in assisting in helping them do their work, which is so important. And for also the community to know that there's a lot of resources out there. Right. They don't need to go outside of the area. Um, there are a lot of service providers that have a lot of information for prevention, for ongoing care and treatment. Um, and that is what we would like to get the word out. The DEA is very active here in the community and events and providing information, Tarzana Treatment Center, Changing Lanes, I mean, Change Lanes, um, Parents Anonymous, the Department of Public Health, the Department of Mental Health. There are so many organizations that are involved and continuing to join the efforts. And I think it's so important, and thank you so much for having us here today to talk about this, because it helps them get the information out. And that's, I believe, what the community needs, to know that there's help, that there's help, sometimes as families, right? Because this is not just about an individual. This is an individual and their families, because their families walk this walk with them. and to know that there is help out there, that there's resources. Um, and if it's not, you know, something that they can find in one with one service provider, that service provider will be able to help and, and seek help elsewhere for them as well. Right. Yeah. Like you said, it's, it's not it's the individual. I mean, it affects a lot of people. It, it does. affects your whole environment. It does. Um, it does. You know, family, friends, close friends. I mean, it affects everybody. It does. It does. You know, and, and it, goes into now we have another layer of mental health that we have to now start talking about and addressing and like mental health people don't realize like it has so many different looks mm, you know does. every day we go through something and it affect our it affects our mental health right i mean that's why i'm so grateful for you know this cap class um and thank you because I, I heard you was a big part of bringing the positive psychology, apply positive psychology uh, class to the, uh, Palmdale? You know, during um, the 2020 right, um, COVID pandemic, the city, uh, you know, the entire world, right, mm. was, was hit with this. And so I know that at the city, we were seeking to find ways, right, to pivot. I think it was a time of pivoting. Right. Um, we had to figure out how to do things in so many different ways. Um, and one of them was, 
we wanted to hear. We wanted to hear from the community. And they started holding town halls, mental health town halls. And a lot of what was heard from the community is they were seeking resources of where to find, right, some way to to share what they were feeling or, or, or some kind of counseling and et cetera. And so the well-being lab came um, to play. And the well-being lab, they offer a certificate in applied positive psychology program. And so we looked into that. And um, I will be honest, when I was first asked to um, take the lead in researching it and, and kind of working with on, on what it was and bringing that to, you know, just like fentanyl, I, I, I asked myself, well, that's not really what we do, right? So right. how do we do this? So we, we researched, we, you know, we took chance and we said, okay, this is, you know, something that we're going to move forward with. And we did. And so it was, it's a cohort, formed a cohort of up to 50, right, people in the community from all walks, right? Mm-hmm. Not just, um, you know, all walks. We, we had people from the school districts. We had retired, you know, community members. We had stay-at-home moms. And so created this cohort, and they went through the Certificate and Applied Positive Psychology program. Um, as for me, I was part of that first cohort, being part of the, um, you know, the city leading the efforts. And I have to say, it does change you. <laughs> right. It does it allow does. you to look at yourself in a way that you don't look at yourself. I, I, I can explain it that you look in the mirror, but internally, mm-hmm. right? You're not looking at yourself anymore externally, and you learn so much about yourself. And you learn tools that help you get through challenging times and also to engage with others. And it's not just others like in your work environment, but others in your household, other oh, yeah. children. Um, you know what? Even with yourself. Even with yourself. Yeah, you know what? Um, like you said, you you was part of the first cohort, first yes. class, and Michelle yes. and I are part of the second class. And I got to tell you, because I said this, so I had Lewis on the show last week. And um, I was telling him that, when I first applied for this, because my uh, my uh, ex co-host she she was a part of the first class with you, Diana, and uh, so when she told me about it, I was like, "Oh, I want to take this class." But when I first applied, I had this totally different vision of what I wanted to do with this course. Right, mm-hmm. halfway through it, like I was going through a lot in my life, and I'm kind of mm-hmm. still navigating through it, but it changed my perspective, mm-hmm. like my whole perspective on well-being and taking care of myself first is it just changed my whole life it it reminded me of therapy i'm gonna be honest with you (laughs) it reminded me of therapy because it really does take you and it makes you ask yourself the hard questions Mm -hmm. you know it brings back all these memories and skeletons that you thought you buried and they bring them right back into the forefront and you have to deal with it and you have to be honest with yourself about them and you know what that is such a great way that you explained it because i i agree i went through the same and it brought things to me, even from my childhood, that I was like, I think just not wanting right. to deal with or remember, or but they were still with me. Right. And so I think the beauty of it for me was that I was going through it and still am, right? Mm-hmm. Because you, you, it's 
it's not getting over things. That's right. what I learned. You don't yes. get over things. You get through them. Yes. And that's the beauty of it. And and you get through it in a way that you choose, right? right. Like you learn how to get through it. And it made me realize that it's okay. Mm-hmm. It is okay um, to get through it, right? right? It, it actually allowed me to say, you know, you are the person you are today mm-hmm. because of certain things you lived. Right. So embrace it. Embrace, embrace it. it. I know it's difficult, et cetera, but embrace it. And with that has helped with the relationships that I have with others, mm-hmm. you know, in my family, even, you know, my, my coworkers and other people I meet. It just allows me to see things differently, more, how do I explain, like, not accepting, but there's a lot more grace right? with the things I do and the people I engage with, and I love it because it allows me to see things with a different perspective, more understanding, compassion, um, and knowing that there's light, that there's hope, mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's so important because hope helps a lot with mental health. Right. Um, and, and grace. And so it, it is, you know, as you said earlier, mental health is not, I think, what I grew up mm-hmm. thinking was mental health. Right, right, yeah. It is not. It's not. At all. Mental health look just like you and I right that's now. That's right. That's like right. all of us. This, this is what mental health looks like. That's right. <laughs> Having really? grace. When, yeah. When, when someone walks in the door in the morning, like I, I say this or at work, right? Like you do not know what that person has gone through the day right. before or is going through at that moment or anything like that. So having that grace, right? To know that we, you know, to be kind, have empathy, compassion, um, be understanding and, um, watch and be mm-hmm. mindful right mindfulness is so important mindfulness yes. being mindful of how we engage with others and right and you know and i'm gonna let you chime in here for a yes. minute michelle because you have i know you have a lot to talk about and like you and i are going through this course right now but just piggyback off what you were saying earlier uh, me as far as me what i've learned with this course is that um i just lost my train of thought i hate when i <laughs> Is when you when you going through things, right? You can't like all these tools that we have. Like uh, well being is, is is set up through six uh, different uh, perma methods, right? Six different pillars, and it has so many tools. And we're gonna kind of touch on a few of them in a minute. But you can't go through your tools when you are going through something. You kind of gotta practice it every day, right? That's why I have this thing called a playbook, right? To where I've been working on my mindset training and mental health for a few years now, even before I took this course. And I think for me, when I go through things, um, I go through them every day. So when something does happen, like, for instance, yesterday, right, I literally was on the freeway for five and a half hours with a flat tire Mm. on the freeway, just sitting there for five and a half hours. And I was calm and patient. 
Like I had so much patience. And, I, and I've learned that. I've learned to have patience over the years and even going through this course to just have patience, being mindful of the tow truck drivers that one of the tow truck drivers, his uh, truck overheated, so we had to go to get another one. I got an electric car because I had a flat tire. I didn't know this until yesterday uh, when the first tow truck guy came. He was like, oh, you have an electric car? And I was like, yeah. He was like, oh, you know they don't come with spares. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> I thought I had a spare back there. <laughs> And he was like, yeah, no electric cars come with spare because that's where the batteries are now. And I was like, and I just got the car a month ago, so obviously I haven't been looking around. Anyways, so we had to get called for a flatbed, right? So, you know, it was just one thing after another that happened. So, yeah, I ended up spending five and a half hours on Ugh. the freeway. No no other flatbed showed up. I had to call, and mind you, I was in Pasadena on 210 freeway. I had to call a friend of mine who lives out here in Palmdale. She had to bring me her spare from her car. And we put it on my car oh, just so wow. I can get home. So after the show, I got to go get my tire fixed. But wow. it just taught me, like, because I was so patient, like, I didn't cuss nobody out on all the phone calls that I made within those five and a half hours trying to talk to somebody to help me, right? I was just so patient. But that's because I practice something out of my tools every day. Like, I meditate that's a lot. Great. Right? So what I try to teach people is, when you have tools like the PERMA method or, you know, um, strength training or, you know, whatever it is, um, you can't just pull those tools out when something happens because it, they're not going to work effectively. Mm -hmm. You have to practice something every day. So when something does happen, it becomes a habit of yours. So like, okay, that's why, like, when something happens, I know how to take a step back, take a breath. Okay, let me breathe. Let me not overreact and just handle it. Right. So you have to work on these two. And that's why I tell people you have to work on your mental health every day, even if it's for five, 10 minutes. Get something. There's so many tools. That's what one thing I love about this book, like the one you have in front of you. I have the same book. Well, we have the same book. It has so many tools in there. Mm -hmm. It looks overwhelming. But if you look at it from a broader picture, like you have so many tools, <laughs> practice something once a month. Yes. Those little tiny habits. Those, exactly, little <laughs> tiny habits, and they will help you in the long run. So when something do happen, like you said, we're all going to go through struggles, right? But once you practice these tools, you're going to be struggling well. Yes. They're not going to go away. You're still going to have your bad days, your good days, but at least you can get through it better and easier. It's training, right? It's training, it's right. It's training ourselves. It's training ourselves. You can time it up. <laughs> well, I, I you had um, Lewis on the show, and one of the things that he said that I really loved on that show and that he says in the class is just, you know, when you think of, like, your physical health and going to the mm. gym, building muscles doesn't happen overnight. Right. And it's the same thing, you know, I think for both physical and mental health to, like, just, you know, stay on track. You have to, like, make these small, like, incremental changes every right. day. And there might be days where, you know, you fall behind or you don't do it, but you can still get right back yeah. on track. And I think everything resonates, like something different resonates for probably each person that goes through this program. But for me, I'm just so grateful for the opportunity that the city of Palmdale did see this as important as an employee of the city of Palmdale, knowing that this was something that is important to them makes me feel like even more proud to work for this city. Um, and I love the framework of the tools and that there's a lot of things that make it easy to remember and being able to practice things right. in class. But um, I think it's really 
a wonderful gift to the community that the city of Palmdale supports something like this. Mm. And you know, like what you just said, like Lewis said, when you go to the gym, like you want to work on something, right? One, you don't just pick one machine, right? There's multiple machines. And it's you're not going to lose weight or gain muscles overnight. So it's the same thing. And, you know, what I try to tell people is we all live from our prefrontal cortex. Mm-hmm. If you really think about it, like that's our memories, our habits, our habit loops, our experiences, everything. And that's how we live. So if you're not doing anything to grow your mental health, it's like you're just going in one big circle. You're moving like the hamster on the mm-hmm. wheel. You're moving, but you ain't going nowhere. You ain't growing. So that's why I try to tell people, like, work on your mental health every day so you are growing. Okay, if it's meditation, going to therapy, reading a book, like, do something. Like, I, I do all of it. Every day I pick something and I, and I do it because I don't want to just, my life to be just in one circle. And it's important because, you know, this is a challenging world we live in. It is. Right? There's so many different opinions and things going on. Um, you know, I, I, I look at years back when I was a child and I truly realized that those were simpler years (laughs) than it is now um and so you you have to have patience and a lot of people have you know our our work right is work where we do engage a lot with different individuals Mm -hmm. on a daily basis and so it's so important to be able to have that right understanding of grace and understanding to get through difficult times and challenges and patience. Um, And so I, I too, as Michelle just said, I am very, um, you know, proud and um, that, that the city took this initiative and that it is offering it to a lot of our community members. We are you know, going to be holding a third cohort yes. in the spring of 2024. So people that are interested, please reach out to um, us at the city of Palmdale, um, me. And so, you know, so you can get on the interest list. There'll be an application process that'll open up at the end of the year. And so I think it's important because one person that ex- goes through the program, right, in a household or mm. in your organization is already one person that understands those tools, mm. that toolkit, that right. assesses that toolkit, that can help share with others. Um, you know, you bring it back to your workplace. There is one tool that I think was one of my favorite tools from the toolkit, and that is um, the VIA character strengths. I love that. I yeah. love that. I you know, when I when I did my short survey and I got my results of the type, my top five strengths, um, I was wow, this is me. It was, and, and it just I could tie myself to those. So, I was like, wow. So did did you was you shocked at your top five? You know what? Um, I was. Yes. I was shocked at my top five. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. But now going through you the course, understand I understand it. the top mm-hmm. five now. So I'm like, okay, I, I get it now. But when I first did it, I was shocked. I was like, really? I understood. Mine was um, the love of learning. That was my top. Yes. And I understood that perfectly. I was like, oh, wow, that is true. You know, I do Mm -hmm. love to learn. I I love to learn new things all the time. Um, That's why I like, you know, I've always liked 
jobs where I got to do different things, not repetitive all the time. And so I was able to connect that to many things. I was also able to connect that, interestingly enough, um, in, you know, in, in, I've had people tell me, oh, well, you want to know, know it all. Right. And so I always used to think like, do I? Like, I don't, I don't feel that I'm seeking to learn that, like to take someone's role or, or, right. or task away. It's just, I love to learn. When I saw that, I realized that. And then I, I realized and I said, you know what? Maybe it's my approach. Right. No, but maybe you, it's my approach in wanting to learn that. Maybe I'm coming in a way that they're interpreting as, oh, I, I, I want to, you know, do it all right, which is not my intention at all. So that's what I loved about going through this um, program. It's that I, I learned to look at myself, right, and think, okay, maybe. Maybe it's my approach. Maybe it's this, and work on improving myself, and so to to have better relationships, to work better with others, to help others grow as mm -hmm. well. And so I I I didn't get offended. I actually took it as wow, you know, I'm looking at myself maybe through the how others are seeing me because we don't do that a lot. We don't look at ourselves through others' eyes, you know. Right. And it, it allows you to be vulnerable. It allows you to, you know, say, you know what? We are imperfectly perfect. Yes. And if we look at ourselves that way, then we can always try to improve. And that I think that is so important ongoing in our lives, right? Even with our own, in, in our families. I had my entire family do the VIA strength yeah. <laughs> survey after I did it. All of us, my siblings, and we put it all on the wall and got to see where everyone is, our children, our si my siblings. My, it was just really awesome to see everybody's strengths. And we could, I could say, oh, okay, that's why this and that's why that. And I think it has helped us be more gracious with each right. other. I love that. Um, I, I really love that. What do you, what's your thought? How, how many people in your family? Oh, well, well we're five siblings, and each wow. of us has um, three or more children, and so we all did oh. it. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. It is. I love that. It's like the ripple effect, yes. you know, but a positive ripple effect. And I think that that's what's mm. so wonderful about, like, these tools is that it is a ripple effect that if someone goes home or if they're sharing these things in the workplace yeah. – Nardi is such a great example of someone who is a practitioner now of this and definitely inspired me with these <laughs> 10 cards to give the Via Strength survey to the employees that report to me, at least the ones that I consider as part of like our leadership team, um, and also requested 10 cards for them. So thank you so much for that. Um, but it's really great to help people discover, you know, and look at things from a point of view of what other people's strengths are. Right. Um, and also, you know, how together, when we view all those strengths together, so I created like a strength inventory for our team through nice. doing this. And so you can see, and I color-coded everything, um, but you can see where we can really rely on certain people when we're looking at assigning yes. different things for mm. projects and things like that. 
um, you know, I feel like I'm still learning and I feel like even uh, once we complete the course in December, I'll still continue to learn and go back and reread things. And I love that we get to do an impact project and that that's one piece of it because it does get you thinking about, you know, giving back and not just taking this and using it as a tool for yourself, but sharing it with people. And I think that's so empowering to the community. What I love about this program is that by so many people doing it, it creates a positive ripple effect right. in the community, in, in my opinion, in my humble opinion. No, and, but you know, I just sound what Nardi just talked about. Um, to, for me, I, I believe that one person that takes the course and they go out into the community, it's going to, especially mm -hmm. if they really take these tools and, and they're really embracing what they just learned, it's going to affect a few people. And so that is like a ripple effect. You know, if that one person affects three people, then those three people are going to be affected, right? Because you're going to feel the energy. Like I, I've got, I got, I got two friends right now that want to take this course because they've seen the change over the last four months in me. They was like, I need to take this course. So, yes, I, I think for me that's the most valuable um, part of participating mm -hmm. Because it's not just one person at that moment that is just going to keep that with them. Right. Because it does leave an energy inside of you mm -hmm. that you do want to continue, right, yes. working on yourself and helping others as well grow, right, even though they haven't gone through the course. Mm -hmm. You feel like sharing it. And so I think that is so valuable because mental health is such a... It, it's it's part of our, our world right now. Yeah. I mean, any everywhere we go, we see it, right? And everything goes hand in hand. You know, the conversation we just had about fentanyl, addiction, um, you know, even homelessness, um, mental health, they all are tied, right. right? And so it is so important to me. I think about mental health a lot, it, even more now, right, that I've gone through this. And I, I just feel that there's root causes. There's root causes to mental health, right? Mm -hmm. um, there's things we've lived in our lives, each individual, that impact our mindset, right? Yes. Our behaviors, our actions. And I, I know medication is an important piece of mental health, but I feel that our mind is, is, is so powerful. It's such a powerful thing in our bodies. And it's so important for us to, to use it mm -hmm. in a positive way, right? And as you said, you work on it every day. You, 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 you train, right? Because it is very important to keep that going, to mm -hmm. be able to keep it in a positive way. Path. It is because we're going to go through things every day regardless. Yes. We're going to go through obstacles. Yes. Nothing is going to stop that. Life is going to happen around yes. you. It's like what Abraham Hicks always says. Life isn't doing anything to you. to you. It's just happening around you. you. And it's your responsibility to how you're going to ha handle it. Yes. Get and, through it. Right. So, again, going back to mental, like what you're saying, mental health, we have to practice it every day. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Sorry, it's not the one. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, um, Do you need water? 
No, I'm good. Thanks. Uh, do you guys need water? I'm sorry. I did not ask I'll you take guys. a little bit. I didn't water. Yes, it. Sometimes medication and things like that are a temporary fix. It just depends, right? And having a toolkit, understanding these different, um, you know, things you can do on a right. daily basis. Um, I think it's so powerful. It is just so powerful to get us through our days. It, it is. And, you know, just to... Uh, Piggyback off what you were saying earlier about how you used to um, always want to know things and people were like, oh, you want to know it all, right? I was the same way as a kid. Like, I always asked why, right? <laughs> I always had why, 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 right? And people were like, oh, my God, just sit back, stop asking why. And then even as an adult, people are like, you're, not gonna, you're never going to always know the why, right? But I think that's part of our growth mindset. Yeah. Like, so you either have, and I think we both live in both worlds, fixed mindset on certain situations, but we also have a growth mindset. And for me, I think my growth mindset is more powerful because I'm always trying to figure something out. And like I was stating earlier, going through this course reminded me of therapy because it really did bring back why I always got to know the why. And it is from my childhood. Uh, I don't know if you know my story, but when I was a baby, my mother was murdered um, in front of me. And um, she was actually murdered in front of me because she was trying to kill me. And... I had my entire life was always, what did I do that was so bad that my mom wanted to do that to me? I always wanted to know the why. But neither my dad or my brother and sister, like I'm the baby out of seven kids. Nobody would ever tell me. Like I got so many different conflicted stories. My, my father, me and him never got along. Um, and he just passed away like four years ago. He took a lot of secrets to his grave. And I've always wanted to know the why on anything and I and by taking this course it, it made me realize that's why because of my mom like I always wanted to know why so even like when I when I go in and out, like out of a relationship I'm constantly asking like why what's wrong what did I do like I'm always questioning myself like what did I do that that wants you to make me leave me or what did I do wrong and that's where it comes from because again like you were saying earlier I might have buried it but it wasn't buried so now it all came to the forefront, but now I'm dealing with it. Like, and I'm actually glad that it came back because now I know how to deal with it. Right. It's struggling. It's struggling. Well, it's like I said, we're all going to go through struggles, but it's your option. If you're going to struggle well, or you're going to struggle bad. And that's oh. like very traumatic what you went through. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad that you survived it. What I like about positive psychology and the study of positive psychology is you know, that doesn't take away that there is, you know, mental health like disorders such as, for example, post-traumatic stress disorder, right? But it looks at an approach that says, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, can we look at like trauma recovery as opposed to like looking at it as like just a disorder? And I think that that helps people. And I'm glad that you know, you survived. Um, it doesn't say that because you go through the certificate of applied positive psychology that you know you're a mental health expert, but the right. framework it gives us, what I love, is you can look at if I'm not feeling well or if someone that comes and talks to me isn't feeling well, here are some tools that we can assess, some practical tools that have been studied um, scientifically through social science, evidence-based tools 
that work to help people feel better. Right. And when people feel better, they do better. Mm-hmm. Yes, and we are, that's exactly how I interpreted it for myself. I feel like it's okay to be me. You know, it, it, it's okay that I went through certain things. It is okay that, um, you know, I may not want to talk about it at times, that I, that I learned more about myself. We're all in this big melting pot together, mm-hmm. all of us trying to belong, because I think it's human. It, it, it's, that's, you know, love and belonging, right. I think, is just so important because that is what all of us want, Right love and belonging and when i say love it's not just you know a a love like in a marriage or something like that it's love it's Mm -hmm. it's 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 love in any way that you can interpret it right Right. with our co-workers with our children it's different types but it's all love and it's belonging we all want to belong and so having these tools gives us hope it gave me hope when I, when I saw so many different tools, I know that I'm not going to utilize each and every one of them. I use the ones that spoke to me in a way that helped me feel that I belonged, mm-hmm. that worked for me, that I, that I, you know, but I think it's a, it's, it's a, it's an awesome way of looking at mental health right right than the traditional i believe we've evolved you know mental health has evolved like you said mike people a lot of people identify mental health in a specific way mm-hmm. and mental health is each and every one of us that is sitting in this room right now right, right? we all deal with different things mm-hmm. that affect us in different ways and we're all trying to do our best, right? It's, it's, I've always said, you know, we, we detach when we walk into work, you know, from, we try to detach from the things that we're living at home, you know, to try to do our best job. Um, but they're still with us and, you know, those things that we're dealing with. And so there's tools out there to help us get through those days. Right. And, you know, how amazing you know, your story right now that you shared, I did not know. I was not aware of it. Um, I'm sorry. But at the same time, how amazing that you going through this are able to look at it that way, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and get through it and find ways to, these, to use these tools to help you get through, through that. No, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and, and that's part of why I decided to do what I've been doing over the last couple of years of hosting this show and having people tell their stories. It's because, and why I retired from, you know, my previous um, career is because I, I came to a point in my life where I have to give back. I have to reach back and help our youth and bring them up and let them know, like, look, I've, I've been through a lot, you guys. And that story is just part of my story. Like, it gets deeper than that. But, um, yeah, I've, I've been through a lot of diversity. And one of the things that um, I was speaking at uh, the S-Word visual, mm-hmm. when was that, a couple of weeks ago, with uh, Jackie, uh, uh, Jackie Diaz. And um, one of the things about that film was 
I remember uh, the guy on the panel uh, was talking about how uh, one of the guys that committed suicide, he was a mental health mental health counselor. And so after the film, you know, they had a panel and one guy was like, yeah, you, you, you never know who, who it affects. And you can't minimize somebody just because they're in a the mental health field thinking they got it all together. Right. Mm-hmm. Because people look at me all the time like, Mike, you're so positive. Like, wow. But then once they hear my story, they're like, whoa, you know, it's like that's crazy because you don't see me at home by myself crying and like going through my tools and, like, getting through it. Like I said, it's not going to go away. Like, we're all going to do it. We're all going to go through struggles. Um, I've had suicidal thoughts. I had them a couple of months ago. I don't think those thoughts will ever go away, but I get through it. Like, I've, I've never had a plan, which I think, you know, all my tools kind of helped me. I always had the thoughts, and, you know, I always had the thoughts of, you know, I'm okay if I don't wake up in the morning. Like, I've had those nights. Like, if I just go to sleep, I'm okay. Um because I don't think they ever go away, but I know how to get through them now better and easier. They're, they're not thoughts that I have all the time. I think I've had them like twice in my life, but, you know, recently was a couple of months ago because I went through so much, and that's because I just ended a relationship. And the one thing I was speaking at, at the visual that night, um, I was telling people, don't minimize someone's mm-hmm. thoughts because people was looking at me because I just uh, got out of a relationship and it was like, but Mike, you're going to find another girlfriend. Like, just let it go, blah, blah. But you don't understand what's small to you is huge for me. Because it was a bigger picture than just losing a girlfriend. It's me reliving my mom again. Like, dang, because I didn't do anything. So someone just left my life. So I, I'm revisiting all over about my mom. Like, dang, what did I do that you just, like, I wasn't good enough? Like, you know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm reliving that moment, and people don't understand that. They just think, oh, you just lost a girlfriend. It's like, no, it's bigger. But, of course, you don't know that, and I don't expect people to know that. But still, never minimize someone's thoughts because you don't know what the bigger picture is behind it. You don't, and that's, that's so true. You just yeah. do know. Again, going back to mindfulness, being mindful, you know, being an um, active listener, mm-hmm. constructive listener, and you know, that's kind of what I want to touch on. That's what the coach uh, approach is. Like I want to talk about the uh, – perma pillar um, and engagement being a leader like you're a leader in your field Michelle you're a leader because you have a team you both run teams you have to be you have to listen to people like people think communication is just all about talking and it's not like the most important thing about communicating is listening we have to listen to people and we just can't assume what they're going through like we have to actively be listening to them and try to understand them yeah 100%. (laughs) You know, one of my favorite Buddha quotes is, um, when you talk or when you speak, you only speak of what you already know, right? Again, going back to the prefrontal cortex, but if you listen, you might learn something. Very true. Very true. And I love when you said active listening, because I think that, um, you know, when you're so busy or you have a lot of things going on, I myself have found... I've had to lean a lot more into like active listening than maybe in previous places I've been just like because there's so many things going on that sometimes I'm trying to get information out quick so I could like move to the next thing right but take or next you know project um but really taking that time to like be present and active listening and in so many 
acting programs. That's one of the things that they teach you that is so important for people that are performing is listening more so than the lines that you're delivering right? because you have to be present with the people that you're there. So a lot of it can be applied. But I'm very fortunate to be um, working in a field where I feel like we do get to connect with the community on so many different levels that really um, improve like the quality of life piece for people. Like a lot of the projects that I get to be involved in are the things that um, I believe really help bring people together and that going through things together and united is Mm -hmm. so much better than going through something by yourself and alone and feeling like you're alone. So as far as like engagement, because I know that's what we want to uh, touch on that. um, In your first cohort, did you guys touch on the same thing that we did or was it different? In regards to engagement, yeah, yes, we 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 did um, part of our impact. Well, most of our impact projects involved engagement. engagement. Now, do do you feel was that one of the pillars that touched you the most or useful the most because you're uh, your position? Yes, yes, engagement. Um, you know, and in, in as as a city, right? Mm-hmm. We we do engage a lot with the community as Michelle said, right, a lot of what she does through parks and rec- recreation, the programs, it's, you know, to to bring out families, right, to enjoy time together um, in our events. We do a lot of engagement um, in, you know, through the fentanyl campaign, through um, the CAP program, and many other ways we engage with a lot of our nonprofits and community and so that was an important piece. Mm-hmm. I think um, that's how you create community engagement, right? right? Yes. Um, you said communication <laughs> involves, you know, active listening, right? And so a lot of communication with the community is listening. A lot of, you know, I, I feel that, you know, we offer programs and all that, but we also do it based on our listening um, from the community as to other events we've had, their comments, right? Mm-hmm. And allow us to see if, if that is what they they want. There's a saying that Lewis said a lot through our cohort. I say I hope I say it right. He always says, um, it's like we, we do things and, and people may say, like, did we ask for that? Right? Like, if we create an event, we offer something, did the community ask Absolutely. for that? Right. right. Yeah. Um, so it's important to listen to see what they want. Mm-hmm. You know, through the fentanyl campaign, that's one thing that we've been um, engaging the youth because I we think it's important to hear from them. Oh, yeah. Right. What would make the youth or, or entice the youth to participate with us in our mm-hmm. events and in the youth challenge and things like that? Right. We may think we know. Right. But they may have other thoughts. Right. right. So engaging with them to find out. Um, so engagement is a it is a very important piece of the work that we do and with the community. Well, I, I think it, yeah, I think and Lewis is always asking us or telling us, I should say, is we all sh- we always should ask permission <laughs> and don't do anything for me yeah. without me. Right. Right. There you go. Yeah. 
So yeah. what was what was one of the pillars that was important to you? Was it was an engagement as well because of your role? Yeah, of course, I learned a lot in engagement. I really think that all of the um, pillars are important, but what I found most fascinating um, just about this particular model through the Wellbeing Lab is that they incorporated the health pillar and that we started our cohort with the health pillar. And I love that, and I think it is so important because if you're experiencing any, like, physical health challenges or you're not getting enough sleep you're not properly hydrated you're not eating um, the things that nourish your body um, then it's hard to be in the right like mindset so um, the health one really spoke to me all of them did but um, the engagement piece what I love about it is all of the tools and looking at um the ways that we can use this, you know, you hear, I feel engagement, especially over the past few years, you'll hear, you know, how do we create more like community engagement opportunities? How do we create more employment engagement opportunities? What are some things that we can do to get people involved? But really, that people matter, right? And the people that are working or a part of the community matter. And what they have to say or do matters every single person has a gift and something that they bring to the fabric of our community um as well as the employees that work for the city the volunteers that volunteer for the city and um trying to bring some of these activities to the team um Nardi inspired me to do that so (laughs) i may not have taken that risk without um or paving the way for me, but I think it's things that take time, but it helps create a dialogue, not just for the employees, but what I love about the VIA strengths is when you look at the programs that we do with youth, noticing, hey, I really liked this that you did, and looking at, you're not just born a star, you're not just born a leader, mm-hmm. but you work at it, And here are some things that you can do for these different strengths if you need more of that or how they can also be overused and underused. So that piece I really love, too. And I I think to to add to that, um, like Michelle said, I had shared with her that I, with with, um, different teams at work, I've done the VIA strengths. um, Because I think it's important. We sit at tables together. And so... I, I I love to know, right? What are what are your top five strengths? What makes you thrive? Because that's what it is, right? We lean towards those top five strengths and the things we do and the things we say, um, et cetera. And so I, I wanna know who I'm you know, who I'm with right. to bring out more of that in them to to make us a stronger team. And it's I I I thought it would be good for all of us to see each other's strengths, right? right. No, it's Kind important. of peel that l- layer and, and allow us to see each other. And so I, I just, I loved it. I love to be able to say, hey, and then, you know, proudly have our, our, our um, desk <laughs> strengths plate, you know, so we know, right, what each other's, there's so many of us that, you know, had fairness and honesty and, you know, um, love of learning and all those. And I thought it was just so great to see what our, 
right mixture is what we create together mm-hmm. um that that helps us see each other a little bit more vulnerably um and i think it's like that with the community as well right um i did the census um campaign as well in 2020 and so i got to see and meet so many many people in our community that are doing great work many not nonprofits right that are out there community-based organizations just doing work um, in our community. And the truth is, you know, one single organization can't do it all right. by themselves. In the city, you know, it's, it's, it's a big city if you look at it, you know, 104 square miles, right? Um, and so partners, we, we in life, I don't think we were created to do everything by ourselves. We're not. I believe we all bring talents and strengths and gifts to make one strong, right, Mm -hmm. Um, team to make things happen. And there's a lot of great partners out there in our community that that can join us in those efforts. So I say I had the blessing when when they asked me to lead the census campaign. I was. Once again, okay, what am I doing? <laughs> and but I always see it as a blessing because I did. I got to meet so many that it has helped with the fentanyl campaign and other things that I've had to do where I know where to reach out, right, to or different organizations to bring and improve the quality of life of our residents in our community. And so I think you know, in this process of the cap that we're offering it again, you know, in, in spring 2024, I do, you know, encourage, I encourage um, organizations in our community to um, have some of your, you know, staff members participate Mm -hmm. because they bring back a wealth, you know, of um, a toolkit that is great to have in your organization um you know i don't get to work with michelle as often hand in hand right because we're in different departments we we're different we don't get to but i feel like this has united us because i feel i feel her energy in it and it's what i felt like i feel when she first started talking to me about it i felt like wow i'm talking to someone that feels the same excitement and enthusiasm about it um, and I love it because now, you know, I know that we are ambassadors of it and not just in our organization, but in the community that we right. do work with, you know, a lot of community partners in the work we do. And I think it's it's wonderful because, as you said, right, sitting on the freeway for five hours <laughs> waiting to have your, your tire fixed. Yeah, a lot of people would lose their patience and they yeah. wouldn't be having a... but it does allow us to be able to say, okay, you know what? I can get through this. It's not, it's not as bad. I, I, you, you pivot to other things that allow you to get through that. Right. Well, you know, it was funny because I was talking to a friend when I got home last night and I was telling them, I was like, you know what? I never say this, but I said tonight, just for about an hour, fuck my life. (laughs) (laughs) No, for real. I said, I know tomorrow's going to be better. It could, I'm always fast forward thinking, and I always know tomorrow can be better. 
Yep. It kind of like how what you were saying earlier. We go through so much in our life, right? And I say this, like I've been Me through too. 52 years. I'm 52 years old. I've been through 52 years of BS. Okay, so I'm going to, we're the same right? age. <laughs> and you don't look it. You look amazing. But um, I've been through 52 years of BS, right? I don't regret anything I went through because it made me who me I am either. today. And I know that if I went through all those years, I can get through this. Yes. And it's, and whatever obstacles that, that lays in front of us, it's just going to make us stronger and better. Yes. And that's why we just got to embrace it. Yes. And I love that this gives you like a framework and a, you know, like tools to look at. Like, like I'm able to like see, oh, I didn't get good sleep last night. That might be why I'm feeling a little bit this way or... Um, and working with, you know, people, whether it's people in the community or people that work on our teams together. Um, the other thing about the strengths that I love is also recognizing that for people, if they have these certain signature strengths and they're not getting to do enough of that, that also will throw people off of their balance. Mm -hmm. So just, you know, being cognizant of that. But with the act of listening and like the feedback loop and savoring when people share good news with us right. or when people are sharing something with us about what they've been through, not trying to hurry up and figure out a way to help them through that, but right. actually just sitting there with people and actively listening to what they say. And um, I really like that piece. Of it. No, you know what? And it's important because I just had this conversation as well. I have a lot of conversations, by the way. Um, <laughs> but, I just had this conversation with somebody because like, and I know people hate me talking about it, but it's my truth. Like I always talk about what I'm going through in the moment. So I just got out of a relationship and I, I, I realized my fault in it is because I didn't listen. Like, because when, when someone's going through something, right, you, we want to help because we're caring people. Right. So like my, my situation was I was trying to help somebody my way and I should have just listened better and let her do it her way, but I didn't. Like, because I, I, I'm a real caring person, I want to help, but because something worked for me, might not work for you, yeah. right? And I had to learn that. And, and I, I think I always knew it, because we, we just always want to help people, but we, we have to just get better at that, of really listening to what they're saying, because they're going to tell you, if, if you really just sit back and listen to what people are saying, they're telling you what they want. Yeah. But sometimes we just get overpowered with our own, you know, thoughts and what we want to do without listening to them. Sometimes we just are fixers. Yeah. Right? We want right. to fix it. And, and I've always been like that. I've always been a fixer. My executive used to always tell me, Mike, why you always pick the girls that need help? He did. He was like, he called me a name. I'm like, well, no, I'm going to say it. I'm going to be real. He called me Captain Fix-A-Hole. Yes, <laughs> he used to call me that. It's like, you're always trying to fix somebody. I like, I can't help it. I love, I love love. Like, I love love. And that's because of how I grew up. Like, I've always wanted love. So I'm always giving people second chances, always looking, you know, for the good in people, which is not a bad thing. Like, I love doing that, right? Um, but I've always tried to help and fix people. What are your signature strengths? My top one is spirituality. That's my number one. And, and I do, I do. Now I see why. Cause I'm, I'm just a very diverse person. Like God is always my foundation, but I'm, I'm, I'm more spiritual. Like I pray to God every day. Um, I'm more into my Bible nowadays. Like I have a more consistent relationship with him now, but I, I do be, believe in um, the universe and, you know, meditation and manifesting things. Like I, I, I still meditate all the time. So I can see why spirituality is 
like my top one. That's great. And yours was love of learning. Mine what? was love of learning. Do you know? Do you remember your five? So I have love of learning, um, leadership, gratitude, honesty, and social intelligence. Mm. Those are so spirituality, gratefulness, um, was it truth? truth? Honesty. honesty. Uh, no, no, not honesty. Um, it's not honesty. I mean, we all have all 24, yeah. so I'm yeah, always honest. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I know, it, so spirituality, gratefulness, kindness, um, gratitude, and what's the fifth one? I forgot my fifth one. I forgot the fifth one. Oh, fairness. Did fairness. I say fairness? No, it's fairness. Yeah, fairness. How about you, Michelle? Uh, kindness. Okay. Love of learning. Honesty. Forgiveness. And appreciation of beauty and excellence. Oh. So when we first saw these, I was actually like kind of ashamed that kindness was my top because being in a position that has the title of like a supervisor, I feel like that's viewed sometimes as like a weakness. Like, oh, you can't be that is a supervisor valuable. and be kind. You know? Right. But um, yeah, it's just interesting to see. It was actually my third time doing that um, test. So it was interesting to see that for the most part, there's at least three that stay in the top five for me. Yeah, and I, I want to take mine after the course. I want to take it again. Yeah. Just to see where I'm at. And and just to share a little, right, with the mm-hmm. listeners, um, this is something that you could take on your own as well. Yes. It's, it's free. It's a short um, survey that you answer several questions. It's under the V, as in Victor, IA Strengths. You could look it up online. Um, and you can take them. And yes, we do all, as Mike mentioned, have 24 strengths. Um, and so it gives you your 24 in an order. And so you look at your top five. And they do have um, a book as well created by the same um, organization that, that created the VIA strengths that allows you to see um, how you can work at making the ones that fall, you know, lower in the in the in in the line, um, how you can work towards doing things, you know, as habits, training right. yourself, you know, to make them a little bit more of your go-to mm-hmm. than the top five. But I think it's it's a great way to look at yourself, and and yeah. you know, when Michelle said kindness was her top, I didn't doubt that because. She is kindness. She's definitely. Um, And I think that is a a beautiful, very strong strength um, to have because we need more kindness in this world. So, um, you know, as a supervisor, your team is blessed that you have that as your top strength. Um, And I think it's it's beautiful to look at those, you know, like I I laugh because when I saw mine honesty, I thought, oh, that gets me in trouble sometimes. Right. (laughs) Because I could be direct. And um, so, you know, it's it's just interesting to look to look at it. Um, Gratitude was one that, yes, I I thought, you know, yes. And um, social intelligence, I think. Yeah, I, I saw that. I'm you know, I. I am, I like to observe, you know, and kind of feel, I think our body language speaks a lot more than our own words, yeah. you know, and, and how people are, 
are interacting with us um, to, to kind of, like they say, not read people, but sense, you know, where they're coming from and where they're at and if they're really feeling comfortable around you or not. I mean, that's, that's um, something that I've always tried to, you know, look at. I think it's important, you know, when you're interacting with people and all that to have those genuine, you know, right. honest conversations. So I, I think it's great. I think it's great to, to know your team, too. It's important. You're working with them. It's like, I feel like when you're in a team, you know, your team is gold because each and every person there contributes and brings something to the success of what you're doing. Absolutely. So knowing and how to engage and interact with each other, be mindful of each other and all that is just key. It's mm -hmm. just key to, um, you know, to positive leadership. You know, leading is not telling people what to do. Right. It's doing things that people want to be part of what you're doing. Right. And I think it's important to, I went to a conference um, this past week and one of this keynote speakers said something that just stuck with me because I loved it. I just felt like it's so true. He said, you know, love first, then lead. Mm. And I, I thought like, Yes, that's right. You know, it's, I mean, it, it's so important for people to feel like they belong. Right. And I know that we're not going to agree with everyone and, um, you know, and we all have different ways of looking at things and interpreting it, but. But that's okay because. But we all need love and, right. and it's not. You know, love does not mean, like I said, there's not one type of love. There's right. so many ways of making people feel loved and and I, I i'm a true believer that if when people feel like they belong like they're part of the team they're valued it's genuine you know what we can make things happen that you wouldn't even think oh, you could do move mountains 100 and you know what when, when i've when, on my first season of this show i used to do this um segment called community over competition and I brought in different uh, community leaders and business owners, and we used to talk about that a lot. Um, so it's one of the things that I, I need to bring back because one of the things out here in the Antelope Valley, I've noticed that um, people are putting more egos into things, and we really do need to get back to community over competition, right? And I know we're about to run out of time, so I kind of want to leave with you on this, um, Nardi, is because I, I would like to see – uh, people from our class and even from the prior class, like you were saying earlier, there is a lot of people that does a lot of great foundations out here. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I know a lot of them. And I would love to see us get together and spread the, the awareness of suicide, fentanyl, and just everything under the mental health umbrella. I would like all of us to get together and just work as one team. Like you can have your foundations or whatnot, but we still need to work together. Yes. Right. Um, so, question to you is since you took the first cohort and you've had a year now to you know work through these tools and still work with the community what type of advice would you give our class like what can we do like once we graduate how can we take these tools and implement them into the community to to help the community you know what um definitely 
as individuals, you know, continue to do that work in yourselves because mm -hmm. I think we lead by example more than right. anything else in this world. I mean, I any words that. we can say to anyone are not going to be in, as impactful as of the actions that we've taken and demonstrated to them. That'll stay with them for forever. Right. But during the first cohort, um, the AV Wellbeing Coalition was formed. Mm -hmm. And its purpose was to, you know, as Cohorts continued, and you don't necessarily need to have taken the cohort to become part of the AV Wellbeing Coalition, but I think that is a great place to start. The purpose of the coalition was to continue the work in the community, um, you know, through other impact projects or through, you know, spreading the work of well-being. I know that some of the existing, um, the previous cohort that I was part of, continued as part of the AV Wellbeing Coalition, and they continue to do work in the community to be at schools, um, et cetera, et cetera. But I think that's a great way to continue the work as well. As you said, one team, right? Right. And it's also spreading the word, right? Allowing others to know of this program, of the tools that you've learned. Um, I know that the Wellbeing Lab has um, a following, on social media mm -hmm. that they have hacks they call them hacks um i believe and so it's different um virtual you know short segments to continue learning about tools and how to keep working on those tools etc but i think it's working together to continue it's like water right, right. when it spreads it keeps just spreading i think that is the work that the cohorts can continue in the community. It's the awareness of it. It's, um, you know, I would love, I would love for many, many more cohorts to oh, take absolutely. place. Um, not just, you know, on an annual basis. It would be great to be able to have multiple of them happening. Um, yes, you know, I know that... Um, it can happen with time. Right. I do believe in it because I do believe in the value it brings to mental health. Yes. I do. I think, you know, it's a little bit difficult to just sit and share the information, right, for mm -hmm. people to really embrace what we're saying. I, I know that going through the cohort brings that, sparks that fuel, right, and, and, and gets it going, to really embrace it and know. But I, I do believe that if we share the information, if we have people do some of the exercises like the strength, you know, test and all that, it opens the door for mm -hmm. a better understanding of what it brings. Um, but definitely keeping the work together. I think through the impact projects that your cohort is about to, you know, start on and, and get going, you will see the end result of it when when the events or what you're doing takes place and the value of it. And so I think that is what we can do as um, past participants. It's continue to share the information and let people know that there is a new cohort that's right. going to take place in spring of 2024 and encourage, you know, those community partners, stakeholders, um, agencies in our community to participate in it, mm. to see the value and embrace it and bring it back to their organizations. I think that little by little, it will definitely be a 
very positive and valuable change in our community. Mm-hmm. You know, we all have the capacity to change. Right. And that is something, too, that was addressed in this conference that I just came back from. You know, that we do. We do. Everybody has capacity to change. You know, and I, I, I'm reading a book right now called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. Yes. You heard of it? I've heard of it. I have not read it. That book is amazing. I just got it about a month ago. Um, It's all about, uh, and I read a book similar to it called The Bradshaw. And uh, it's all about going back to a prefrontal cortex. Like ever since you was a child, everything was given to you. Your name, your beliefs, your value, everything is given to you. And like you were saying, Michelle, earlier, we all was given a gift and 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 our own path in life. Most people just never found their own path because they are who someone told them who they are. So that's what this book is about is breaking the habit of being yourself and finding your path. So you can now be your true authentic self. And that's what I truly believe. Like, but it it, it is up to the individual to find in your own path and one each and change, but we all have the capacity to change. Yes, we do. We do. And Nardi, if people, um, want to find out more information about this program is there a place they can go online or is it just the flyers right now they can go on um, the well-being lab av but i don't have the exact information okay. it, it might be on the flyer if you have the flyer with you if not they can always reach out to me, me. Right. as well at the city um the city of palmdale does have um a page that directs you to the well-being lab. So they can go to cityofpalmdale.org or they can reach out to me at the city. Um, that is, I can say my email address on here, right? Yes, of um, course. nlopez at cityofpalmdale.org. Um, and also they can call 661 and get the information on there as well. And Michelle will share now the exact um, website. Yeah, so um, it does say actually for more information for them to email you. Uh, (laughs) But you you guys not accepting until January, right? Correct. But there is information on there. If if, um, it breaks down the different objectives of the CAP, um, the description of it, I believe they're able to access... The um, previous results of the well-being survey mm-hmm. that was done in our community when we first did the first cohort, I know that they did a second one during the current cohort. Yeah. I have not seen those results yet, but it will have that information on there. It also has information about the instructors. So if anybody's interested in further informa- uh, more details, they can access it there as okay, well. Yeah. And we have these flyers at the Palmdale Playhouse, so um, also if they're around and want to get one there, they can get it. But it's a phenomenal program um, that has the ability to improve people and the community as a whole. The transcendence is another thing that resonated with me. So I would definitely recommend this to anyone because the time commitment also is not as like the time commitment is well worth it. Um, You only have to meet in person once a month for one full day, one half day, and then everything else is on Zoom. But what you gain from it is so valuable. And the city, um, also there are opportunities to get scholarships. So 
any barriers that people might be seeing, such as a financial or time commitment, don't let that prevent you from exploring taking this mm -hmm. worthwhile program. Yes, and we also do um, conduct some informational sessions before the cohort begins and, and, and when we launch the application process. So if anyone has any questions, um, we can answer those. The instructors are on those informational sessions as well to provide details. And um, in addition to that, you know, it's about ourselves, right? right? It's about improving ourselves. It's, it's well worth the time and the experience. You actually, during the cohort, you create new friends in the community oh, yeah. and um, you get to see each other in different ways without titles, without um, names of organizations, just as we are, right? Mm. And so it's it's an awesome program. You know, I, gr growing up and even as an adult, I've never really had a support system. And I have one now because of the cohort. That's awesome. Like, even with the first class, like with, like with Lisa Sorno, she's a good friend of mine. Yes. Um, there's a couple other people from your first class that are like part of my support system now that I can constantly call if I need to talk to somebody. Yes. Like Lisa Sorno, um, she's actually a big supporter of this show and what we're trying to do out here. And me and her are trying to work together on some workshops because she she's adding uh, well-being to her leadership workshops. And uh, which is great, um, and and I've I've already added well-being to the show because I'm I'm also always talking about it. Um, but one thing I want to say about this, the next cohort is I would love to see more men involved. Yes, because yes. in you, our Mike. class it was just me and another guy, and I will like men. I know we grew up with this stigma of we got to be hard and we got to be hard, and we, we got to get away from that. We got to talk about what's going on. We, we got to be vulnerable and open up and have better communication. And this class or this course, I think, will help a lot of our men out there. And they need to really take it. Yes, thank you for sharing that. Our, our first cohort had a few more men. Mm -hmm. um, it was a great group. The first cohort was a great group. And this one as well, I've, I've had the blessing of engaging with the second cohort as well. And, um, you know, amazing people doing work, amazing work in the community and, and wanting to do more. But definitely, yes, a male presence would be awesome in, in the third cohort. Yes. Um, you are all, you know, we all bring so much to the table and yeah. to our communities. There's just so much great work to do to make our, you know, our our community a great place to live. I, I have... You know, I'm proud that I work in, you know, for the city of Palmdale and all the work that we do and the people that I get to work with. Um, we do it from our hearts. I think um, we try to make the community a better place every day. But it's, I think, truly wonderful to see the work that the community is also doing in our community. You know, it's not the city only. There's just so many organizations out there doing mm -hmm. amazing work. And it is so it's such a blessing to to get to participate in the cohorts with, you know, many of them mm -hmm. and, and kind of engage in a different, you know, environment. And it allows us to do even better work in the community together. Right. Together. Because that is together. the main thing. Together. Stronger together. Stronger together, exactly. Yeah. I love it. Well, again, I know we're out of time because uh, you, you guys have uh, 
city things to go do. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I want to say this. I appreciate both of you for taking the time and coming on here and, and speaking about your truths and um, fentanyl and the events. Thank you for the city of Palmdale. Thank you for bringing this to the Antelope Valley period because it's not just Palmdale. It's affecting the whole Antelope Valley. And I think that's what's important. And I, I hope at some point um, Lancaster does get behind you guys and join you guys in this because our well-being is so important. Our mental health is important, especially for out here in this community. We I, definitely need, need, need it. Yes, and, and if I may share, um, during our first cohort, we did have, I mean, Lancaster did participate mm-hmm. with us in our first cohort. Um, they were very supportive and fentanyl as well. Um, these are, you know, I have to say mental health you know, fentanyl, um, projects that I've gotten to work on, you know, senses, et cetera. There's, it's the Antelope Valley, right? right. It's, it's affecting all. Yes. And so these are subjects and, and topics that, you know, together we can make a difference. Right. And, um, and we will, and we are. And thank you for having us Thank today. you so thank much you. for having us, and thank you for continuing to bring this into the podcast because it's a great like oh, reinforcement yeah. for those of us in the program too no, and i'm gonna continue to do it um you know i, I don't i don't get paid for this <laughs> like i really don't um, i i do this yeah. because i always, well, I always t- teach people um chase your passion the money will come right so i've always like i'm i know you don't know a lot about my story but i've never had a nine-to-five job awesome um <laughs> but i've but that's because i've always just chased my passion and God has always taken care of me. I've never chased money. I've always believed in chasing my passion, and I think that's why I've been so blessed in my life. You know, and I'm and, and and I came out here five years ago, you know, with this vision of like helping out the community, and, and I'm so grateful that I am out here and doing my part. You know, and I believe everybody, if they just do their part, you know, it it it'd be a better community. But yeah. we all gotta, you know, be honest with ourselves and you know, just do our part. Yes. We all have a little grain, right, that we can yeah. put in it together. Like I said, together we we can we can do things that we never thought we can do. Absolutely. And so thank you for having us. Yes. Um, and you guys are at the fair? We are. The city does have a booth at the fair. Um, right. The fentanyl campaign yes. will be covering some of the shifts as well, and they will be providing Narcan training as well. And we're providing a lot of information about our community programs, team that's doing um you know we're celebrating is it our 40th year for saves i believe so i hope i said the right year but we are celebrating um an anniversary for saves and i know they're doing their paint a bowl um different um events and so they have a lot of information there about that there's information there about the youth challenge for fentanyl so please stop by our booth i believe it's in the hunter pavilion building okay um and we'll be there from now to the end of the fair okay and the uh, campaign you got going not the campaign but the project for the youth what is that one more time? Because the youth challenge is youth for the fentanyl. Yeah. It's a PSA video, a poem, a song, or um, art and that the you deadline? can enter. The deadline, I believe, is October. The end towards the end of October. Okay. October, like the third week of October, okay. will announce the winner at the Red Ribbon Week event on October twenty third at Ponsonlon Square. Nice. Okay. So thank you again. Um, Feel free anytime to stop by here. And if you ever want to talk about more fentanyl projects or community stuff, 
more than welcome. Michelle, you always know you've been here three times, I think. You're always welcome. Truly appreciate both of you. What Thank you. Do. you. Thank, Thank you so you. much for having us. And if I may add one more thing. Absolutely. Our new edition of the Palmdale Magazine will be coming out um, in the next, I think, two weeks. And so a lot of our events are on there. We've also been trying to keep um, an ongoing article mm -hmm. every edition. We, we have um, four editions a year about the cap and okay. also about fentanyl. So we try to keep information ongoing so the community is aware of what's you know taking place. Um, and we do have information there in that edition about the application process for the next cohort as well as what's going on with fentanyl and the youth challenge and all of that. And, and all the classes that people could sign, sign up, up for, every events, the new fitness court um, ambassadors that will show people how to do fitness using those new fitness courts. And how do they get the magazine? The magazine is mailed out to all households in Palmdale. Okay. Um, however, it is also on our website. Okay. So anyone that does not reside in Palmdale and access the information on our website at cityofpalmdale.org. Or pick them up at any of the parks and recreation facilities as well. Okay. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> All right, thank you. We're out of here, you thank guys. You.